Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 89 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and this minute is going to start out with Barry Allen. Bad words. To, hey, we're in Iron, Iron Heights. Iron Heights again. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Barry Allen talking to his father Henry through the uh, visitor communication glass. I don't know what it's called. Um, in a prison. The minute's going to end. Hey, get comfy because we're 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 sitting here for a minute, sixty seconds yeah. to be exact. It's a it's a whole new scene, a whole new kind of chapter within a chapter that we got going on here. We just ended ten minutes of talking about Cyborg's origin, and this one feels like a continuation of a chapter we've never seen before. But obviously, if you are familiar with the Flash TV show and Flash comic books, of course, this is all kind of like familiar ground for. DC Comics fans, comic book fans, uh, DC television fans. Um, but it's weird. Like, we almost had to, like, switch gears here. Like, we just got done with this whole huge cyborg origin that is a big part of this movie in this cinematic universe. And then to, like, switch it back here to being in, like, the aftermath of what has happened to Barry Allen and who he is and talking to his father, it's like... I don't want to say like whiplash, but almost like it's just very sudden and it moves very quick, which is typical of the Barry Allen fashion. That's hey, that's that's a pretty good observation there of uh, the the speed of this story, <laughs> um, and really just like the speed of how the general audience kind of take in mm-hmm. just flash background. Honestly, I f- flash background is not really drawn out as much as you know god forbid a batman parents death scene but um even superman you get yeah you you know came from earth or whatever uh you spend the majority of the time if you're talking about clark it's either at the daily planet or maybe at kent farms but it's like daily planet kind of thing i would i was saying i associate flash and his father troubles in iron heights uh I associate that the same with uh, Clark Kent working at the Daily Planet. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's just that maybe not as well-known or not the first thing you think about when you think of Superman. So really just like this whole like area is kind of just like more familiar, I think. It's just easier to digest, um, you know, than than... I don't know, saying that he's an alien from outer space and crash land on Earth, or, or what have you. My main point about this moment and the defense for how quickly it may seem it jumps to this section of the story, or this chapter, mm-hmm. um, is that we're keeping with the same father theme. So we we were at a father teaching him, you know, a son lessons, or attempting to via voice recorder. Um, And like that father that's trying to to help and trying to be there and trying to, you know, help Victor explore his powers and and everything. And then you switch it over to this father-son relationship where that can't happen because Henry is uh, in prison. 
wrong wrongly for the death of uh his wife barry's mother you know so like it's it's kind of like opposites and it's kind of like an opposite approach for how the fathers are approaching their their children but it's not like um intentional i guess um yeah like henry allen can't do the same teachings as silas can for cyborg he may like like silas like wants to there's that need to want to teach and want to embrace cyborg and, and explore things mm-hmm. with him and henry's more like henry allen is is kind of just like you know i'm slowing you down i you can't be coming to me for advice i got nothing good to tell you dude like i'm I'm all out of qu- I'm all out of answers. Yeah, and it's kind of like that crazy opposite side of the spectrum of this uh, father son relationship. I really like hearing your your thoughts on like on how you think about this minute because I think it is different than the way I think about it, and I think that's the whole point of it. Because and just to give context to the listeners of what's going on here, so we're here in Iron Heights. Barry Allen is talking to Henry Allen, and he's saying or his dad is saying rather that you've got to stop, you know, trying to get into criminal justice just to fix like what happened to me all those years ago. And he even like throws out that kind of trap where he says to do what, what, what is it that you want to do? And it's a nice kind of writing bit that Chris Terrio does to just kind of make that an excuse to throw in some exposition for people who don't know. So quickly Baron Barry Allen says, Oh, I don't know to maybe, uh, find justice for my dad who's wrongly accused of the mur- murder of my mother. I don't know how I, that would figure out. And it's like, yes, that is like quick exposition for people who don't know. But obvi- it's an answer that Henry expects because it's ludicrous. It's like you shouldn't think like going into criminal justice is going to fix something from your past unless you're Barry Allen. And so like it, it's, it's, it's a well kind of laid out 60 minutes of dialogue to kind of get us moving on the on the Barry Allen story. But this is a Barry Allen story that doesn't involve the Flash like capturing Captain Boomerang or anything like that. It's not it's not a Flash against the Rogue type of thing. It's it's a Barry Allen trying to fix that traumatic moment between his mother and his father. And for me personally, I think of it more in comparison to Batman than I do Superman, which is how you just just described it. And I think about how those two, Batman and Barry Allen, were defined by their traumatic experience more than their origin, which is similar to, say, Superman coming from Krypton or Aquaman getting the Trident or even... Wonder Woman donning that armor and leaving Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're defined by, like, the origin of them becoming superheroes. The same thing with Billy Batson. We think of Billy Batson, you know, saying Shazam and being given the power of Shazam from the former. And those are the ones who get created in superheroes. It's, I guess the other comparison... Well, see, hold on. Just say the word, Mark. Just say the word. <laughs> Just say it. It's tragedy. It's tragedy. These are stage plays, people. This is all here. I think people are more familiar with with this that's going on here. Like Flash fans, maybe even TV Flash fans. Like 
anyone who's in a DC Comics and they know the Flash, this right here that's going on, this is the Flash people know. They don't really know, like, I don't know, like, you know how Wonder Woman was stopping the black-clad alphas in, in London? Like, sure. that's yeah. something we expect Wonder Woman to do in an intro for her. Okay. For an intro to Flash, like, this... And obviously the thing he did at Central Park is just kind of like a great display of his powers. But like this is what people know. It's, it's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And and honestly, this um the casting is <laughs> it's it's too perfect and it is upsetting of how uh future pro- projects uh you know worked out and everything, but we got this here. Billy Crudup playing Henry Allen, Ezra Miller playing a, a Barry Allen. It's, it's uh, one word, jawline. I think, I think I'm one of those people that's like forgiving about recasting. Like I am I too. It's all a, it's all the character. It's it's someone yeah. else's portrayal. It's just you know, oh snap! I went to go see Lion King. Oh well. I don't know, some other schmuck's going to have to do the puppeteering for Simba. And it's like, oh, shoot. Well, it shouldn't matter. It's just like, okay, yeah. let's see what this guy's got. Yeah, it's, it, it to me, whoever plays Henry Allen in the next one, I'm cool with. Because I still get, like, what their role is as far as, like, the you know, the movie. The only thing that changes is, like, when people rewrite or retcon, like, that person's support for the character. That's when it becomes like, oh, that's a totally different character. But if it's just a different actor playing it and saying the same kind of message that the character's trying to give, then it's like, yeah, that performance was great. You know, they, they're they exactly like the character that I think they are. Um, a little, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good example of someone who has been recasted and you're just kind of like, yeah, no, it doesn't bother me that they were recasted. Um, um, give 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 the give the great example of uh, our beloved ghost from Destiny. Honestly. Oh, Peter Dinklage and Nolan yeah. North, and or or yeah. even um, the other guy, Hunter. I was thinking of Kate um, Six. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was thinking. Of the woman from The Matrix, I remember she got recast in the third one because she had passed away, so they recasted her. And it's still, like, it's the same character. I get it. Um, and even if the person is of, like, different race or ethnic background or whatever, like, I know there's a new Commissioner Gordon for the Batman, and I kind of thought, like, I don't really care. You know, if it's not J.K. Simmons anymore, if you want to recast a person, it's kind of weird. I know that it's no longer in the same universe. I know that. But I'm just saying, if it were to be, I really wouldn't care. Because I understand who Commissioner Gordon is as far as like a, 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 I hate to say it, but like a pawn in the storytelling. Like this is a character. I really wouldn't care who plays the character. Yeah. Because you got to think like that happens, that happens in theater, right? Like. You're doing a uh, a, a play of of let's say there's a Batman play, <laughs> okay, and and like there's a different maybe your understudy is different than how you look, I, but you're still playing dude, Commissioner Gordon. It's like who cares? I understand who Commissioner Gordon is. Go for it. You're missing the 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 big old red target. I mean, we have 
four Batman movies that are three different people, and it's like, oh well, and but one Alfred, and it's like, there's oh yes, <laughs> there's of that argument where it's like this is supposed to be the same guy, yeah, doing, and I think like it it's is. supposed to be. That's yeah. like the coolest thing about that universe, and the fact that we can separate all of those different Batman. And, like, you know, pick and choose your favorite or which portrayal you prefer from which mm-hmm. whatever story. Hell, uh, even um, uh, we were just doing the Batman at George Clooney. When mm-hmm. when I think about, um, you know, like Batman Forever um, or even, you know, Batman and Robin, um, the Schumacher setting that's just like completely bonkers and whatnot or or whatever people think about it being you know neon and and just uh, it's cool to me it fits with like when i think about that movie and i think about that setting and it's like oh yeah my mind immediately goes to george clooney and that clean cut enunciating batman you know um so it's just like these who cares it's it's the character you get different portrayals I am upset that I don't get to see more of this duo here in a mm-hmm. Flash movie. At least for right now, that you know, f- from what's being said. Um, but hey, it it it's not gonna make me not go see the movie. You know, it's not gonna make me I, not go support no. anything. It's 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 fine. It's it's the same situation like. Um, that Zack Snyder is doing like kind of like a Wonder Woman movie here and an Aquaman movie here and he's doing a Flash movie here with you know Ezra Miller and Billy Crudup and Chris Terrio and himself and like the four of them are working here creating a The Flash subplot for Zack Snyder's Justice League the same way that this movie feels like a Wonder Woman movie on its own in an Aquaman movie as well, or an Aquaman prequel, if you will. And the way that I think about it is at least they did this, and so that you always have it. You know, you can always go back and watch this movie, and it's still there. Their performances together, like the whole ensemble between writer and director and cast of characters, they're all here doing it here for you. So that when you go to the next movie, you don't have to be like, oh, I miss them because like they're still here and they've still given their performances and kind of like left it on the court, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, It's the same thing of like, great phrase. Like you may miss whatever happens in this movie or you may miss whatever happened in Dawn of justice, but then you just go rewatch it and then you go like, it's such a great story Mm -hmm. and it's, it's weird to say because I guess you could view it as a cliffhanger, but like, Batman v Superman is a great movie to watch as a standalone film. We often think of it as the second of a trilogy or a sequel or something that ends on a cliffhanger. But that movie, to see it in a vacuum, to just be like start to finish, Dawn of Justice stands on its own. And you can take it as that. You can take it as just this little story that happened. And it's amazing. It's just like picking up any graphic novel or comic book and just being like, yeah, I loved when this team wrote this and they had this writer and this penciler and such a great comic book. And 
it, it's neither an origin nor a, a, a climax to a, a, a whole arc. It's just it, these things kind of stand this way. And that's how I think about it here. It's just like, I'm excited for the next movie. And I'm excited for like, you know, seeing this happen here. I think it's great that um, kind of like the chemistry between the characters here, like Billy and Ezra, and they do this thing where, you know, Henry is like, all right, just place your hand on the glass. And I know it seems kind of cliche for prison scenes to do this, but the more I started thinking about it, the more I was thinking like, I guess if you really wanted to hug someone you loved, like that's really the closest you can get as far as like feeling the warmth of another person. Um, and I just kept thinking of like two hands on glass. Apparently at some point, um, at some point the, the the glass would get warmer and you just be like, that's the closest I can get to you. And it would like, that would mean a lot to some people. It depends on how it's. (laughs) So from my, um, knowledge of how these things work at least uh in the orange county correctional system or what Mm -hmm. have you it's a computer screen it's like a video orange county yeah it's like a it's like a video phone thing so like you do you are sitting in this the the same like chair type thing but like it's not a glass it's like a it's like a really old tube tv phone connection CRTV type deal. It's just bad. Um, but, you know, that's, that seems hey, more. You're, you're right. It's, it's the closest. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of. Um, but, yeah, it's the closest that you can get to, you know, you, the other human touch or whatever comfort that you are seeking in that moment. You know, hey, this is a tough time. I'm sure it's been a tough time for people that may have, you know, have experience in this, obviously. And our hearts go out to you. Yeah. That's, Mine wasn't um, so tough. <laughs> uh, I visited my uncle once in prison, but... Um, yeah. It's, it, a, it's, a, it, it's a burden more than anything, let me tell you, dude. I got it's to do on. one of the things where I, you could just kind of sit at a table together. Oh, did you? I, you did the whole... Yeah, yeah, I did one of those. That was nice. I mean, like I was Henry a Hill? kid with my... Yeah. Um, That's in Miami, that right? Nice. No, uh, he was in Illinois, Does I believe. It, I was going to say, you don't have to dox yourself or anything like that. but No, 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 no. It, Illinois is a big place. Big city. Big big state. Big city. You're kidding, what are I? You're kidding me. No <laughs> There's way. There's one big city in Illinois, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a good moment here. Wardrobe is nice. Obviously, we've got uh, Flash in the plaid shirt again. And... It's just really nice, quick exposition. It's totally different than what happened with Cyborg, who we spent a lot of time understanding the origin, not just like quickly brushing over it, not just being like, okay, we we get it, like we do here. This one is like, listen, there was about eight years of the Flash TV show. People really know that show. Despite the good, the bad, and the ugly about that TV show, I think comic book fans quote-unquote dog on that show more than people who actually watch the show i think people who are really into the cw shows like supergirl and smallville and the arrow 
I think people who really love those shows and watch those shows every night that they premiere and people who still watch cable television, I think they outnumber the comic book fans, quote unquote, yeah, by sheer numbers because it's just general audience and they love TV shows like this. So when they see something like this, they already know. They get the they know this almost as much as they know like Batman's parents were shot in an alley or something like that. They that's how generalized they make it. And so doing this scene right here, this is so much more familiar than the Flash like just rounding up the rogues on like a a regular business day, you know what I mean? So it's a really familiar scene that we have here. This is the 60 minutes of just a familiar thing that we get as opposed to Cyborg being like, no, I demand that you give me 10 minutes of understanding my full value and my the value of my origin, of who I am as Victor Stone and yeah. what it means for this whole movie. And so it's really strange. And it, it, is, it does feel very weird to go from that to go to this and just be like, all right, now we're doing the whole Flash thing to just kind of get everyone reacquainted and then we're moving forward. So, to catch you up to speed, if you will, <laughs> wink. Absolutely. Um, and it was a quick. Uh, he does the little thing where he's like, you know, you got three dead end jobs going on four. How do you even find the time? He says, "I well, I make the time." And that's kind of like a. Are you are you really making time? Are you are you really making the time? Literally, is that what you're doing? Are you are you breaking the rule? here to do that because i don't even I know mean, how you're doing yeah technically he would be breaking the rule of whatever is i was going to say physics which yes he does but that's not time he's breaking the rule of time is time its own thing it's I think its own that falls thing. into physics does it fall into physics i mean it's a quantifiable yeah, because when does, it's a it's a part of some formulas involve time okay Okay, yeah, so it's physics. So, yes, he is breaking the rules of physics, blanket term. Um, <laughs> Harvey Dent, I make my own luck. Yeah, dude, you got a two-headed coin, and you just, like, say whichever option you want to happen, and you... That's you know. the psychotic part about Harvey That's Dent. That's the we'll psychotic into... part, but yeah. <laughs> Flash is actually manipulating this, this, right, yeah. this, this barrier. Harvey Dent's that... a manipulator, too. Oh, oh. but Harvey Dent doesn't... Just don't even flip the coin. Just shoot someone. Get it over with. You know what you want to do. Yeah, wacky. that's what he wants to do. Anyways. <laughs> what a whack job that Harvey Dent, huh? <laughs> hey, I hey, I didn't vote for him, huh? <laughs> yeah, what, what party was Harvey Dent in? Can anyone pull that up? What was his party affiliation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Commissioner Gordon's? What if you found out Commissioner Gordon wasn't part of your party affiliation? I... You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, probably, probably don't want to cross that bridge. Anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like he has to be kind of breaking the rules here. And so it's kind of a scary line when you think too much about it, but it's like, yeah, he's got four dead end jobs. I'm assuming he's, like in the more logical sense, I'd be like, yeah, he probably does like, I don't know, 16 hours at each job, just like two days a week at each place. and. You know, he's just able to run fast to each job and open one night, close a shift at another place. But yeah, that would suck. Not. Like that, he would have to like abide by like 
an eight hour like shift. <laughs> yeah. To do that eight was... hours here, like twenty five hours is part time for most places. So you're taking twenty five times. Because four. he's stuck in the kitchen for eight hours or six hours. And then it's like, all right, well at Dishwasher. least you got yeah, and like you get you can be you can run and like make it to your next job that's starting like you know immediately after you get off work. Or well, you can't be a so. dishwasher because if he's moving at the speed of light and he's got those electricity things, you're gonna shock the water. You're gonna you can't be doing that. You gotta wear the rubber gloves, bro. At some point, you can't you can't have super speed and work a regular job. I mean, it just can't happen. The more just I can't. don't think that I don't think that's possible. You can't so. It's a, it's just a really nice thing to think about and toy Name around with. One regular job that oh no, then I was gonna say that I was gonna uh, that would benefit from a normal eight hour workday, but like there's so many that you can be like yeah, but does it give okay? Name one normal workday <laughs> job that super speed would benefit you, not with efficiency or production, but with time management. I.e. freeing up your time there to do other work elsewhere. You would have to get like a salary job. You Somewhere where hourly you, doesn't yeah. matter and you're just kind of like, well, nope, my audits are cleared. Yeah. I can move on and I'm done. Like I've, yeah. I've reached my quarterly yeah. project. And I can just like done. do whatever. I can do my hobbies and I can edit my podcast while I'm You could be a game in. developer. A game developer would be like, yeah, I did my whole sprint in one hour, which would have taken me uh, actually six weeks to do. And I game tested and everything and the game is fine. I've figured no, out No, at some point, bugs. your speed can't match up with like whatever the computer is processing and how it's processing that game to, to check for you. No, but you can code the game, test it in real time, code the game, Okay, speed. I get what you, yeah, okay, I get that. All right, all right, all right, I yeah. get it. There's, there's so many sprint. jobs. Any yeah. free, freelance job, you can benefit from super speed. This is a dumb, yeah. this is a dumb conversation. Become a graphic designer. <laughs> That'll be good. You could do commission-based work. Caricatures, you could do that in super speed and make a lot of money. Hey, try, try <laughs> your hand at caricatures, Barry. Let's see what you get. I'm trying to think of what other dead-end jobs you might have besides taking care of the dogs. I don't think he can wash the dogs that quickly. You can't wash them in super speed. You can't you walk can't, a dog in super speed. Say, you can't walk them in super speed. Yeah. Dogs take their time when they use the bathroom. You can't be, you can't be rushing through that. That's a, that's a terrible job for a speedster. Why would he do that? Uh, depending you on another animal. You literally have to stand that... and do nothing. Unless he would like let the dog go do its thing and then run back in a nanosecond. Be like, all right, dog's done. Let's go. And like go yeah. do something else. Deliver yeah. newspapers and take care of dogs somewhere else. I Delivering newspapers. That's a great job that could benefit from super speed right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delivering the Amazon delivery, but d- done on foot. <laughs> he oh, does the you overnight. A, you can't carry it at all, though. Newspapers, you got your little satchel. Yeah, you just run and run back. Run to someone's house, run back to the warehouse, run to oh the my next God. one, run back. Yeah. Eat a whole pizza on the way. Fold it up like a burrito, and you're good. Let's get Flash a DHL shirt or whatever. Why don't they just have superheroes doing that? That would be a superhero job. There was that one episode of Young Justice where Wally like delivered that heart. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's a great episode. Fantastic episode. Weird, weird use of it shows his super speed. Very odd in that show. I never, 
No, but it also shows his his wisdom because he um because we all think he fails and then he like shows like he's actually has the upper hand or something like that. That's a that's one of the staple episodes of that show is that heart scene. But anyways, people who haven't seen Young Justice, I don't know what's wrong with you. You should go see that. It's a great bit of Flash stuff. So, yeah, let's get into tomorrow's minute. Let's wrap up here. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 90 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.